Hello, and welcome to Grow With Soul. I'm Kate Ferris, a coach, writer, hiker, and recovering high achiever, and this is a work in life podcast. Join me for discussions and musings about how our work can be a small and magical part of a bigger, more meaningful life. So come on in, get comfy, and let's begin. Hello, and welcome back to Grow a Soul. This episode is part two in my series on the evolution of my work. And last time I told you about my motivations for starting Simple and Season and the circumstances that pushed me into my first pivots. I left you just as 2020 was about to start, so shall we continue? My big plan for 2020 was an offering called the Unmastermind, which was planned to be a mastermind, which we all sort of know what that is, but kind of nice and not, you know, pushing for six figures and all that kind of thing. I say planned, but it wasn't very planned. I had the concept and as it was a a kind of group program, I thought it'd sort of figure itself out along the way and that I could respond to what people needed rather than kind of impose a real strict curriculum. It was going to be 5k a place and there were going to be 10 places and the plan would be that this would be my main income for the year. It was the most that I had ever charged for something but up to this point everything I had ever launched had sold And given that I was no longer going to be doing one-to-one client work, I thought that it would be like a kind of fairly easy sell. All the people who would have wanted one-to-one would now just kind of funnel into this offering and there we go, Bob's your uncle. But I was presumptuous and I was complacent. There wasn't even a real launch plan because I thought that amongst all the people on my email list, all the people on Instagram, all the people who'd ever had one-to-one with me, there would for certain be 10 people who would buy this. I thought I didn't have to do much more than send an email, post a few stories, and the places will fill up and it'll all be good. But this was not the case. I had two inquiries about that program, one who ended up going with a different option and one who decided not to go with any option at all. I had hoped that I would be so overrun with inquiries that I would have to run like two groups of the mastermind simultaneously, but it wasn't appealing to anyone. And rather than double down and actually put together a launch plan and try to make it happen, I didn't give it my best shot. Instead, I gave up. I thought, nobody wants this because people weren't biting my hand off to spend 5K with me and I simply removed it from my website. And that was the first time something hadn't sold for me. I didn't reflect on it at all at the time. And actually, 
as I describe what I did with the Unmastermind, it is uncomfortably resonant with my first launch of mapping this year, which you might also recognize if you listened to the reflections on a launch episode. So perhaps if I had taken the time to review what happened here, I wouldn't have repeated the same mistakes. But to be fair to me, I wasn't in a frame of mind to realistically reflect on it then, I don't think. I don't think I would have seen my own downfalls and just only assumed that people didn't want it. And I didn't have time to mope or to panic or be upset about it. I just bought the house, so I had no savings and I just needed to come up with something to make money. So I'm pretty sure I relaunched a course and I started working on a new program and then the world locked down. After those first few days and weeks when none of us had a clue what was happening and after the UK's self-employment support scheme was announced, I carried on with the program I had been about to launch. It was three months long. It was a lot cheaper than the Unmastermind and it sold pretty well. I remember sitting in the sunshine at the bottom of my garden creating the content and it was just sort of happening. I was not entirely appointment free during this period, but for most of that hot spring summer of 2020, my memory is of this, of sitting in the sun, creating content and feeling like I'd done it. After the three month program, I had the idea for the trail, which was a monthly membership program with weekly content. And I felt very much that I'd hit on it, that this was something that would keep me appointment free and where I'd spend most of my time creating, which was just the real focus of what I wanted to be doing. It launched that summer and it was the best launch I've ever had. It flowed because I was excited about it and I was creating really good content about it and it was really, all of that was really infectious and it seemed to just hit the sweet spot of my intention and enthusiasm and a need in my audience. So I had sorted out my work with this long-term offering that was working well. I had the dream house. There were vegetables growing in the raised bed. I was watering the garden each night with a glass of white wine in hand. But what I could no longer ignore was how neglected, exploited and unhappy I was in my relationship and how perhaps that had been the problem all along. It took me months to build myself up to end it. And during this time, I got out of the habit of posting much content or posting online because like, what do you say when all you can think about is how you need to get out of this relationship? And eventually I did leave him at the beginning of September, but that was another ending that was only a beginning. I feel lucky to have had the trail. A few one-to-one clients and 
most of all the COVID grants to have got me financially through the year after the breakup because I couldn't work. And I don't mean that in a way of saying, oh, I just I just couldn't face it or like I didn't really want to. My brain could not make ideas. I started 2021 intending to remake the business in the shape of the new life I wanted, but almost immediately circumstances overtook me. I moved out into an Airbnb while also still paying all the expenses at the house where my ex was living, meaning for the first months of the year, I was spending about 6k a month on living expenses alone. And then after moving back, there were months of trying to figure out whether I could legally keep the house on my own. But then after deciding that I wouldn't, there was everything that comes with selling a house and finding somewhere to live. After accepting the offer on the house, there began the months and months of kind of believing that I would be moving imminently and living week by week and solicitor call by solicitor call, waiting to see when the move was gonna happen. While I abstractly knew we were just one human and that stress in our life, life affects our work life, this year really smacked me in the face with it. I really wanted to work. I was desperate for the release of it, for the feeling of building something, for the feeling of being competent at something like not even for success at this point, just to feel like I had something, but I couldn't. I tried really hard to have ideas and then I stopped trying to have ideas so they could just flow into me, but nothing came. All my brain was able to process was finding a house or packing or when to next call the solicitor or coping with this loneliness. Despite wanting to, The fact that I couldn't create began to get me down, to give up my posting habits and to stop trying, really. There were times I thought I might have actually lost it forever and that the idea generation part of my brain had just broken down and was beyond repair. It was like I spent this year in a constant state of mid-pivot. I still wanted to be appointment free and I knew I wanted to move away from being a person who talked about marketing and business. These were the sort of truths or the things that I knew that I clung on to whilst also simultaneously clinging to the fact that they were the only things I had to keep myself afloat. I couldn't ideate or vision what an alternative business would look like, what I could possibly do of value that wasn't these things. And so I kind of carried on kind of talking about them while I was trying to think of ways to stop. I had started the pivot in my mind and in my intentions and desires, yet I couldn't complete the move. I was jammed mid-circle in no man's land. In June, I wrote an email newsletter called What I Can't Talk About Anymore. And I will find the link and I'll put it in the show notes. In it, I talked about how I didn't want to talk about marketing anymore. About how 
Although I could converse about it, I couldn't write about it, how I had been holding on to it because I thought I should, because it was what people wanted from me. When I said I was going to be doing these episodes, somebody asked why I thought I fell out of love with talking about marketing. And that's been interesting to think about. I remember Sasha once saying how she felt the no, and that's exactly what it was like. Imagine that you're on a date with someone and it's going quite well, and then they do something that is a deal breaker for you or just gives you the ick and a shutter comes down in your body and you're just no longer mentally there. It wasn't that marketing did something to give me the ick, but my body just shuttered up and I was I was just done with it. I think at the time I definitely felt that I had nothing left to say about it, that I couldn't get any ideas and that meant there was nothing left. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. But really, I think it's more that I was changing and evolving as a person and talking about marketing is what a previous version of me did, a version I no longer had access to. I just became much more interested in other things, wanted to talk about so much more, things that felt important and personal and that excited me. It wasn't that myself and marketing had like a falling out, I just expanded beyond the restrictions that put on me. I had thought that by the time I redesigned my website around September, that I would know for sure exactly what my work was going to be, but I didn't really. I had a blurry idea. I was kind of holding on to the raggedy end of a long string that went off into the distance where I couldn't see what it was attached to, but I was at least holding it. It was enough to be able to write some copy and swivel this podcast into being work in life rather than marketing and business. And then I remember distinctly walking up the steps to the gate in my old house and the thought arrived in my brain, oh, it's mapping. I had had the name mapping for a good two and a half years, but never really had the idea to go with it. I'd made starts on courses about strategy, but nothing felt like it until the day on steps when I realized all the nebulous thinking I'd been doing about fulfillment and life and balance all made sense when they became mapping. I didn't start working on it right away because I had thought I would try to sell some one-to-one to to make money, but I was doing nothing to sell the one-to-one because obviously deep down I knew I didn't really want to do it. And at the end of the year, I moved out of the house, I landed in a new cottage and I felt it coming back. The ideas, the focus, the desire and real need to create. And I made a start on mapping. I called this episode The Messy Middle because it is messy, but more accurately, I think it's the messiest middle. As I said at the beginning of the last episode, 
the whole experience of running a business is 90% doggy paddle and 10% certainty. It's all a messy middle. And the, this period was just a bit more notable in its messiness. We want to be sure to know to get onto an island and stay there forever. And I know I always do. I know I just want to know that this is it. I spent so much of this period searching for the thing that would stabilize me and my work, the thing that I would do forevermore. But our work is not separate from our life when we are one human the shifts and the earthquakes and the sunrises in our homes and relationships and selves ripple into our work. There is no such thing as the constant island, at least not for me. As I was writing this, I noticed how much of the change is led by how I'm feeling. A question I'm asked about lots of different things is how did you know? When I asked for questions for these episodes, I was asked about the motivations for each pivot and how I strategized it all out. But with all these questions, all these how to knows, what were the, what was the strategy? What were the motivations? There's never what might seem like a sensible motivation. So when I say sensible motivation, I'm thinking something like, oh, I wanted to increase my income without increasing my hours as a kind of sensible motivation that seems grounded in reason and straightforward rather than just like, I felt so trapped. And there was certainly never a strategy to the pivots. It was always just a feeling that led the charge and intangibility, whether that was like a reaction of ick or excitement that was just kind of dragging me along rather than it being a really logical, thought out, reasonable idea. And perhaps if I was leading a Fortune 500 company, that would not be a good thing. But then again, maybe they could do with acting a little more out of feeling, but I'm not. And while this is a business, it's not a capital B business. The biggest shift I think that happened over this period is that I went from being a business owner to a person who creates stuff. I began to think less about the business and more about my work. The difference being in my mind that the business is an entity that holds the work, whereas my work is what I produce as a human being. I realize as I was typing this that I, st- I have stopped talking as if I'm a business altogether. I say that I am self-employed rather than I am a business owner. And as I moved away from marketing and kind of into more broader topics, as I began to write more personally, this all became more about what I needed to create an impact on the world than it did about building a business. Which leaves us on a good place to end until next week and the third and final installment of the series with a visit from the ghost of business future. You can find the show notes for this episode at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me on Instagram at simpleandseason. 
If you have a friend who you think would really enjoy this episode, please do send them the link and share if you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.